Hello, and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. In today's episode, we welcome back Bree Mosher for the second half of our two-part series with her. We deep dive into limiting beliefs and how they hold us back. Bree gives us great advice on investing in ourselves and working with a relationship and business coach. We also get into talking about masculine and feminine energy along with intimacy and sex. I love how comfortable she is with talking about sex, a conversation topic that often has people shy and uncomfortable, but she welcomes the discussion and gives everyone some enlightenment on why we can be okay with talking about sex. Brie is such a delight, and I cannot wait for you to enjoy the second half of our conversation. Welcome to part two with Brie Mosher. And you spoke in an Instagram story that you are holding yourself back. How do you feel women tend to hold themselves back? Because I think that's that's very relatable, because I think we do, but I'd like to know kind of your perspective on women holding ourselves back. Yeah, do you mean in the context of relationship dating or life or goals? Yes, to all. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, I think women, you know, from what I'm... From my perspective of life and my own experiences and people who are close to me, yeah, I see them pick, and I myself have picked wrong partners, so I've held myself back like, oh, well, this is the best I can do, and it's not really who I want to be with, or, um, and there's been times when I think my business could do more, but, and I watch other people do it, and I've helped other businesses be more successful, and then I, you know, and I've been told by business professionals, oh, well, it's just harder for yourself. It's like, but I can't be alone in that realm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would agree. There are times where it feels, because you're so far removed from it vibrationally, and you can see the path for your clients, and then your stuff comes up, and you're so entangled in it, and all it triggers all your stuff hard to see that's why people need people right I still go to therapy I have a business mentor right now I've had feminine energy mentors I love that I think we should all be supported no matter our evolution you know because there's always someone that knows whatever problem you're facing there is somebody who knows the solution um so I think you know in holding ourselves back it's for me it's basically summed up by when you know the right move and you're not making it you're letting fear outweigh it you know second guessing yourself questioning yourself is it possible can it work can i have this and i don't think you should always jump before you work that stuff out because energetically sometimes there's so much resistance that even if you said okay i'm gonna do it with the fear and then you i don't know make this big investment in a mentor and you don't continually devote yourself to unpacking all those limiting beliefs fears you have about money about investing about yourself if you don't keep doing that work it's still gonna feel uncomfortable So a lot of my clients come and they feel, I think every single client I've worked with has had financial fears when it came to investing. Me too. I'm, you know, every investment is in an educated guess, but we hold ourselves back when we know it's the right move and then we don't do the thing. And it doesn't have to be investing. It could be like you meet a great guy and you're feeling excited and then you feel like, oh my gosh, what, what if I mess it up? What if he rejects me? Do I need to leave before I'm left? Am I going to be too powerful for him? Is that going to intimidate him? And then you start doing these self-sabotaging behaviors instead of leaning into love and intimacy and saying, hi, this feels really vulnerable. I'm having some fears coming up. Can we talk about it? Because I don't want to like act on these things out of, you know, all my fears. I just want to kind of put it out there. 
Right. And any person who's pretty emotionally empowered is going to hear you. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. And we, you're right, we should stop being afraid of being open and addressing those concerns and those things that are kind of bubbling up inside. And we should mm -hmm. be able to sit down and talk about it. Totally. I mean, that's intimacy. That's when you feel vulnerable and you don't want to say the thing, welcome to intimacy. <laughs> That's why we have people like you to help us through. <laughs> well, I, I try. I'm not always good at it, as my partner would tell you, but I do try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you talk quite a bit about the soft, feminine woman. Yeah. And what about the soft, tough, independent woman? Like someone maybe is fiercely independent and... Um, I have a friend who she feels like often she scares off men because in her and I, we've talked about this quite a bit. She's, and they have said to her, well, you don't need me. And she's like, well, I do. I, I want you in my life more than I need you. And for me, that's, that carries more weight. And how, is, is that coming from like a wounded feminine masculine? Like what is the hope that a fiercely independent woman can have for relationships? Yeah. Okay. So I think it depends. So there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. I think it depends a lot on where this woman's drive and ambition is coming from. And this is not to apply directly to your friend, but I don't right, know right. Her, her background. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to judge her, but typically women can be hyper independent sometimes as a result of being hurt and let down and not having anyone that's safe to depend on, be it caregivers early in life where she learned I have to get all my own needs met. People don't really care about my feelings. You know, this is somebody who's like going to go off alone to cry because mom or dad wasn't there to hold her while she cried and work through it and teach her emotional regulation skills. She's going to be really driven, achieve a lot of things, maybe to get that attention from her parents, maybe out of spite of them. Again, people can manifest in a lot of different ways, but somewhere along the line, she might have learned it's not safe to depend on people because I will get hurt. And so if that's the posture of her heart with a lot of unprocessed pain and wounds, then she will come off as wounded masculine, closed, guarded, not very warm, very skeptical of love. And, you know, this example usually makes it real for women. I always say to them, you know, the masculine can feel if you like or don't like the masculine. And it's not always very pleasant to be in a room with somebody who clearly doesn't like the masculine. And when you flip flop it, imagine sitting across from a man who's clearly misogynistic and he doesn't like women and you can right. feel it from him. When you're on that date, do you feel comfortable and leaning into love or you feel like you have to prove yourself because he's always talking about how you know, women have let him down and women are manipulative and women are this. That energy has to be really cleared within us if we want to open up to healthy, empowered men. Because if we keep believing that healthy, empowered men don't exist, we get that paradigm of healthy, empowered men not existing. The nuance in that example I just gave is that usually misandry, meaning the distaste of men, is a result of misogyny because of the oppression of women. So women have a lot of bitterness toward the masculine right now because we've been oppressed by men <laughs> for hundreds of years. And I say that as a cis white heterosexual woman who's had a lot of privilege, right? I don't, ha I don't have nearly the same level of oppression of my friends who are people of color or right. who are not cisgendered, who are non-binary, and I recognize that. And it can be very difficult for men to understand that when women have hesitancy toward men, it is because of this long-standing ancestral background and because of, 
gosh, how much time do we have to unpack this? Um, Because of the experiences they've had with men where men haven't been able to be there emotionally and be empowered is one of the biggest, biggest gaps is the the lack of emotional intelligence. So long story short, to answer your question, if she's coming from hyper-independence out of guarded and woundedness, that will be palpable. And I think, you know, a woman like that, I would invite her to do some work with me or somebody else who could help her alchemize those experiences, not just so she can attract in a healthy partner so that she feels better because it's a good thing to need people. It's a good thing to lean on people. People need people. I need my partner, not in the archaic way of, I need him to financially provide for me and protect me. I need him to support my heart, to see my greatness, to help me open up with my body, to help us build more intimacy, to feel seen and safe and heard. I bought my own house, my car's paid off, like independent woman to the max. But there's a place, right? There's a place that my partner as the masculine fills that I need him. And I'm not ashamed of that. I think that's a beautiful thing. There's a place where only he can be. And women who are really driven from this wounded place, the ask is to alchemize that stuff, but also start to let love in. Like we really have to be with this tender, soft part of us that wants that love and normalize it and make it okay. Not shame ourselves because I need to be an independent woman because that's what, you know, feminism tells me. You can have both parts. You can be driven and independent and masculine. And when you go into a relationship, you can be a big fat baby because this man is so safe and provides for you emotionally, makes you feel safe, seen and heard that you just melt. I want that for you. And I think if most women are honest, (laughs) that's what I hear that they want. Right. Yeah. That was a lot. <laughs> that was sorry. perfect. No, don't be sorry. Just say. <laughs> yes. No, it was perfect because that's something her and I also talk about. Like, um, we both do hardworking things, and there's times where we, her and I both said this, we just want that soft place to fall. Yes. We want that chest to let her head lay on. We want that person to just let us cry because it's been an S of a day. A hundred percent. And we have to be acquainted with that part of us and not make it wrong. And I'm not against women discovering their feminine energy through a partner. I love it. I think it's beautiful. But the untold story is the woman who discovers her feminine energy on her own as a single woman. It's less romanticized, right? Because women have been painted this fantasy of like, you're not complete until you find a partner. I love working with women who are intentionally single and want to be in their feminine because that was my journey of, okay, let me find my empowered feminine single So I have ownership over it so that I never feel codependency that I can only be in my feminine with my partner. My feminine is my feminine period. I'm going to be in that energy because it's who I am, not just with my partner. So on nights when I'm by myself, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, I still (laughs) think into that and lead with that energy. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you're very comfortable talking about sex and intimacy. Where do you think this comfort of this topic that's often uncomfortable for many comes from mm-hmm. I think so my parents raised me in a very sex positive household like you can ask anything you want this isn't weird um, and that made me my mom and dad alike given I will say I talked to my mom far more about it <laughs> <laughs> but I know that I could call my dad and say hey you know XYZ and he would treat it with the utmost respect confidentiality wow. understanding that sex is a normal part of life and it is so that was really influential and just in general it's always been my demeanor of like why are we all so weird about this we're all doing it we do it as much as we breathe air we think about it it's procreation it's how we create the next generation of people 
why is this a weird thing to talk about? Like my girlfriends, we all pretty much have similar parts. Why aren't we talking about, hey, what's working for you? What's not working with you? Tell me about your experiences. But you know, America is very abstinence only and not very progressive in their views on sexual education. Um, so there's a big gap for people to feel comfortable because the shame starts usually at home and then it also starts in school, you know, where there's not. We teach um, reproductive systems, right. but we don't <laughs> teach pleasure. Right. And how many people, like of the sum of how often we have sex, how often do you think it's just for procreation? People have sex for pleasure, okay? Yes. So why aren't we talking about pleasure? I don't understand it. Yeah. And that's why I'm comfortable, because it pisses me off. <laughs> Hell yes. I think so often people deny themselves pleasure. We yeah. deny ourselves the things that, oh, I should have that chocolate cake, but I won't. Yeah. I, I should go get that pumpkin spice latte, but um, I'm not going to do that. I should mm -hmm. go be intimate with my partner, but... Yes, like why, from your perspective, why are we denying ourselves pleasure? <laughs> Gosh, so many things. I mean, there's pleasure in that sense, right? Which is so fundamental to allow ourselves to feel more erotic pleasure. Mm -hmm. But in terms of denying erotic pleasure, are so many pieces at play. Um, <laughs> too many thoughts at once, <laughs> right? Lack of education lack of understanding your body or for there to be space to understand and get to know your body there's always shame in that i work with so many clients who have experiences of when they were kids and touching themselves and mom comes in and is like that's dirty and gross and they forever think that their pussy their you know vulva whatever you want to call it is dirty just don't say vagina because it's not anatomically correct your <laughs> vagina is the inside the canal your vulva is everything included um but anyway so they have those experiences but there's also this big shame because it, women's sexuality has become a commodity, something that we buy and sell, something that has tried to be taken from us by men, right? Men will say that, um, you know, they'll sexualize everything about us. So now we don't feel comfortable going out wearing this because then they say, oh, well, you're asking for it, even though we're not sexualizing ourselves. They're sexualizing us, right? right. A lot of wounded yes. masculine. And even well-meaning good men who I hear from on the show just don't have this education because they've not experienced the pain of what it's like to be on the receiving side of always being sexualized and being dehumanized in that. So they need some education, but once they have it with my friends who are men who are open to it and I educate them on that, they're always like, I never thought about it that way. That makes so much sense. So it's uncomfortable to be a woman who walks around in the world owning her sexuality because there's a lot of genuine real fear that you're opening yourself up to receive unwanted attention, that you'll be unsafe, that you'll be seen as cheap, easy, a whore, too much, all these terrible terms that shame you when you were innately born into a body that is wired for pleasure and it is yours and nobody else's first. So when you get to reclaim it with boundaries, it's less scary. Right. Yeah. And when we do reclaim it with boundaries and we embrace, you know, the, that aspect of ourselves, do you think that builds confidence? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, period. A hundred percent. I always say to my clients, it's like if you were walking around in the world wearing sneakers, now you're walking around in high heels. You know the energy you have when you wear heels? Mm -hmm. I'm a badass bitch. I'm so hot. Oh my gosh, look at me. I'm so sexy. Like that's the energy you feel because you're attached to your own pleasure and eroticism. And when you do it coupled with safety, right? When you understand the societal influence and then you reclaim that safety too over time, 
a lot of people have backgrounds of sexual assault and sexual abuse and that can make it really hard but as you establish safety in the body you'll be able to explore your pleasure more and more as you start to teach your body that it's safe that brings more confidence than anything safety in the body that's the sexiest thing on the planet. That's sexy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, high heel shoes, the good bra, you know, all those little things. A hundred percent. The cute little matching lace panty rasa, and you're like, I know I feel good today. Whatever makes you feel like a goddess, do it. Start playing and, with it. And when you and, bump up against like, oh, is this me? Can I do it? Cool. Pay attention to those limiting beliefs because that's what's holding you back. And when I see a woman in that empowered sense walking down the street, I'm like, I want that magic. Like, I just want to rub her shoulder and be like, I want a little bit of whatever you got going on here. Like, go, sister. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, she may be ovulating. That's why. <laughs> she feels magnetic, right? No, but I agree. I love to see women empowered in that sense. And if it, I'm glad that you feel the same way. And if it were to trigger you, then, or if it triggers anyone who's listening, they're like, oh, well, maybe I do. That's important to unpack those patriarchal beliefs. If you think of other women like that, what do you make it mean when a woman owns her sexuality? What are your even thoughts about me as I'm talking about it? Are you having thoughts that are like, how does she talk about that? Should she be talking about this? Cool, be with those parts. Start unpacking it. Why do you judge other women when they're embodying their sexuality? What messages did you receive? How is that holding you back from your own expression? Right. I would feel um, slighted if I died without knowing the full experience of pleasure in my body if there were ways i could have felt pleasure and i didn't get to feel it in this vessel i don't want to go without that right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and as you work with um as a sex and intimacy relationship coach mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're super uplifting when you talk about these subjects and believing that there are good healthy masculine men available in this world like is this a mind shift and energy or mindset and energy shift and if so like how does a woman find her way through the chaos and anxiety that comes with dating yeah a lot to unpack in that question <laughs> here's the suitcase <laughs> thank you yes for me that was a decision i had to make coming out of the abusive dynamic i really questioned the integrity of all men which wasn't fair because it was my experience with one man not all men but it's very easy and i think our minds do that in general to keep us safe we go well let me learn about all the aspects of this person and then never allow in those things so i'm just going to close off all men um, and i know that pain but i also remember consciously making the decision of wow i could really decide that i'm never going to open my heart again i could really decide to go all in on career not go for family, not go for love. And if I'm honest with myself, I know that I want this. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Bree is going to get into pursuing the desires in our hearts. Have you noticed more and more people are dropping from social media? They are tired of being blasted by ads, by the nastiness that can be carried on endlessly with comments, accounts being blocked or deleted for no reason at all, and the reasons for people leaving and spending less time on these platforms continues. If you're only promoting and marketing your business on social media, this is not the best way to navigate your way to a successful business. But don't worry. 
I have good news. There is a way to reach your target audience. It's by email. Yes, email. Email marketing is not dead. It is alive and well. Businesses utilizing a smart email marketing strategy can increase sales, make connections, and deliver a message that will be more reliably received than depending upon an algorithm that continues to change. If you want to know more about how to grow your business with an email marketing strategy, go to girlbosscopywriter.com today. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We're going to continue our conversation with Bree and dive into boundaries and relationships and speaking up for what we really want. I, I'm not going to be happy if I don't get to pursue this. This desire is on my heart for a reason, right? Like we right. talked about at the beginning. So I'm going to make this choice that I'm not going to close my heart. And I kind of just gradually gave myself permission of I'm allowed to be angry, mad, bitter, process. I'm allowed to not date if I want to. But my intention is to clear this. And that's the, if you orient your heart that way during like intentionally healing, things are going to shift a lot more than, well, I'll just be closed until time heals all wounds and I don't feel closed anymore. It does not work that way. You'll be healing a broken bone that is set in the wrong position. You have to reset it before it can actually heal and grow to be stronger. So the clearing, alchemizing, emotional work, somatic based is what I do with my clients was required to keep my heart open and then as you do and i started learning about empowered masculine and how good men are and again allison's work was really impactful in that way um it opened me up to a whole new paradigm of men and it was like clockwork where two things were happening number well a few things were happening but number one i was continually alchemizing that pain because i didn't want to attract that experience and again I didn't want to be angry and bitter and I didn't want to hate men I really just I also knew it would be an unfair decision you know um, and started working on any of my insecurities my wounds from childhood dating whatever it might be to feel in love with myself and my life and start believing in the goodness of men and where I could see it and then as men like that came into my world more and more emotionally intelligent thoughtful conversations being vulnerable creating safety wanting to protect me emotionally physically provide you know all those juicy things wanting to take initiative i started to feel this relief at the time i remember like crying about it i can't believe there are so many good men and i wasn't seeing them because you get what you believe and the paradigm that you play in is what you believe about right so I had to keep clearing that, keep challenging my beliefs and keep opening up. Okay, universe, show me the good men. I don't care if it's the cashier holding, you know, being so kind or somebody holding the door for me or seeing someone carry the groceries from here to there or watching a man listen to his partner intently and validate her feelings on TikTok, whatever it might be. Let it be signs that open you to see that goodness, not to go, oh, well, that just doesn't exist anywhere else. Wish I could have that, but it's not for me. Like, Right. We got to cut that shit out. Yes. <laughs> if we really want to attract healthy partners. We yeah. have to believe they're there. Yeah, we have to free ourselves of the, of the bullshit. <laughs> and the bullshit lies we tell ourselves. Right. And it doesn't exempt anybody from the accountability of bad behavior. There are a lot of people who need education. There are a lot of people who need to be held accountable for the decisions they've made and how they show up in a relationship. And you have so much power in doing your own healing and yeah. playing in a new paradigm where you believe healthy love is available. Right. And by the way, empowered masculine men are very accountable when things go awry or you have feelings. They work on those things. They care about getting it right. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. And I love that you're advocating for them because they, so often 
and there's it's kind of like that one bad apple, but there's like a series of bad apples that ruined the batch. Yes. But yet, they, you know, you advocate for these good men, and from the feedback you're giving on your podcast, you know, they're like, hey, thank you for speaking up for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. There really are such empowered, healthy men. And again, that doesn't mean that they're wound-free. You know, all people have wounds. Right. I have wounds to work through, even having been in this industry for so long. Um, but it's, you know, are you accountable? Are you going to grow through them? Are you going right. to keep evolving? And I think a lot of people expect potential partners to come in at 100% perfect. I don't think that's realistic. But again, I do think love and respect mutual growth mutual accountability that's what partnerships for is to create yeah. growth yeah nothing wrong with that right and you, you talked about this on one of your episodes on, on your podcast for the love of men and i hope we can get into a bit of this here but how does one start to set boundaries when they're being intimate with their partner totally so i think if it were me i would have conversations from the beginning and normalize it as soon as it felt a um, emotionally safe because sometimes I find that when women lead with sex and connection which usually comes from fear of abandonment fear of rejection wanting to be chosen when they lead with pleasure and sex but they're seeking long-term commitment sometimes it tells their partner you know whatever gender it doesn't matter that they're available for that conversation right now because of course they're bringing it up so then that person thinks that they're more available for that aspect. And typically that's where boundaries can start to get crossed. Sometimes partners come on really strong leading with sex and it makes her uncomfortable. I would say, speak up about how you're feeling and when things are coming up, even sharing it from that empowered feminine energy of like, I feel like we might be going a little too fast for my system. I'm still getting to know you and I'm excited to explore things physically with you, but it feels a little too soon in the connection. Do you mind if we back it up, right? That's like meta conversation. Yeah. If you're in the moment and you're not wanting things to go a certain direction or something doesn't feel good, you can always redirect. Number one, you can always leave. You can always say no, no is a complete sentence. Anything other than an enthusiastic yes doesn't count as consent. <laughs> enthusiastic yes is what we're yes. going for. Yeah. Um, but you can always let someone know, hey, I love that you're doing X, Y, Z. It would feel a lot better. I think what would feel really amazing would be A, B, C, but keep doing X, Y, Z. And this like compliment sandwich is a really good way to right. get the shift without the energy feeling like a record skipping. Um, but let the record skip if it needs to, if you're uncomfortable. Advocate for your pleasure. People don't know what's working or not working for you until you tell them. Right. And most people want to get it right with their partner and want to make their partner happy. So speak up about it. And I do find the last thing I'll say is sometimes texting about this is easier than in person. I know that's controversial advice, <laughs> but if you really struggle to talk about sex and intimacy, maybe you open up that dialogue via text. Maybe you sit in the same room and text each other if you're that uncomfortable, you know? But that can open up discussion for, hey, what do you want to try? And then they send you back this thing. And instead of you, you know, yucking somebody's yum or having this like reaction that can cause shame in the other person, right. you can sit with it, feel into it and go, okay, so I think I'd be open to try X, Y, Z. This feels kind of like a maybe. I'm not sure about this. I want to hold off on this for a little while. You know, just yeah. make it normal to talk about it and respect people's no's and be excited about their yeses. And texting is still communicating. So at least you're still having the conversation. Mm-hmm. 
And if you feel like something's misunderstood, call it out. I think people forget that they have that permission to just say, so when you said X, Y, Z, it made me think that you meant this. Is that what you mean? Or is it something else? Right. Just ask. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what if you're in a situation where you're on maybe a first date or you're early in the dating series and the evening's going really well and you have a conversation, let's go back to my place, you know, and it starts, you know, as a movie and you're not ready to be intimate, but it's starting to go that direction. Is there an empowered way to navigate without rejecting, but also setting that boundary of I'm not ready or like, what advice yeah. would you have for someone in, in that situation? I mean, I think that's pretty simple. I would just say, I'm loving getting to know you and this date is going so well. And I feel X, Y, Z, I feel really seen and safe with you. And I'm not quite ready to be physical yet. I would love to make out with you, wink, wink. Like you can be playful about, it would feel really great to make out with you. And I'm not ready for anything beyond that right now. Is that okay with you? You know, and if they're pressuring you or you feel like something's off, then trust your body. That's the power as the feminine. Um, and that's the other thing too, is like trust your gut instinct with that. If you feel like you're going into an unsafe situation, don't go. Do not go. Right. <laughs> you can also have friends that you call and keep on speed dial and share location with and all those things. But if this is an empowered person, you know, we're assuming safety in a mutually right. empowered right. consensual yes. environment, then yeah, I would just let them know. I'm not quite ready for this, but I am ready for this. And you can be very like tongue in cheek, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, playful, funny. It doesn't have to be this. So listen, I'm not ready to have sex. It can be. <laughs> or it could right, just be. Right. I'm really not ready to have sex yet, but I would love for you to do X, Y, Z. What do you think? Or would you be willing to like check in with me before you did anything? Yeah. Anyone who wants to be intimate with you has to know your body boundaries. And I don't, again, it's the taboo sex thing. People feel like they can't talk about it, but it's your body and you can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can leave empowered and feeling good about yourself instead of waking up the next day going, I wonder if I'm, you know, not going to hear from him again. And then you have that, yeah. that self shame and rejection fear. You're, you're kind of taking your power back. Totally. And if that is, you know, an experience that you have often, maybe you think about, okay, if my relationship to sex is that it's so intimate that it makes me feel really connected, like it's just not casual for me, which I'm all for casual sex if it's consensual. But if you know you're not that person, I would let people know early on. Sex means a lot to me. I know that's not like that for everybody, but for me it is. And so this is only a step I'm willing to take with somebody if we're in a committed relationship or we're, you know, insert whatever condition. Yeah. Yeah. And how many women do you work with that feel that they're not good enough, they lack the confidence to believe in, you know, they, they don't have the beliefs that they, you know, that desire in their heart, you know, they're not fulfilling it. And what kind of steps do you take when they start to work with you to, to get them into that better place? Totally. I think all of my clients come from that place. Um, and one of my clients recently gave me the feedback. I was doing a little market research because I've been shifting some of my marketing. And I said, what made you, you know, hire me? And she said, I hired you because I knew you would help me see my own greatness. And that oh, is one of my favorite things, hey. right? That I've ever gotten from a client. There's so much around the personal development world that tells you to fix yourself, change yourself, make this different. Well, just be more feminine, just be more masculine, have more boundaries, be softer. 
And a lot of my goals for women are for them to normalize their needs, normalize what their system needs based on what they've been through, find people who capacity match with you, who are willing to support you in those things, while you're also accountable for, okay, I don't wanna be this ticking time bomb and have all these triggers, so let me work on these things, not to make me worthy of a partner or worthy of X, Y, Z, but because I deserve to live drama-free in here. I want more peace. I want more happiness. I want more intimacy. I want more joy in my relationships. Let me do it from that place versus I'm so anxious and no one's ever going to love me unless I'm not anxious. See the difference? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of that in the beginning is kind of parsing out these feelings of unworthiness and insecurity, whether they come from her body or her sexuality or her past relationship, whatever it might be, but finding ways to kind of move through the grief cycle accept all of who you are, be all of who you are, take them off as qualifiers for you not being worthy. And as she steps into feeling that, that's when life and opportunities really open up. That's fantastic. And you've also talked about being like the chill girl, you know, wishing that person would take time to set up the date. They're not communicating. They're being flaky. They're the booty calling type. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, and you, you talk about the chill girl archetype attracts wounded masculine and who are controlling the critical. Um, and I, and I may be wrong because I don't have the education and the knowledge and experience that, that you have, but do you feel that maybe society or the wrong influences that we grow up with teaches women to be that chill girl? And if so, how can, how can we overcome that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think it's socialization. Yeah. It's wounded feminine energy, right? So it could have come from her upbringing and experiences and trauma, but it's also important to acknowledge that society at large primes and grooms women to be that, you know? And, and I mean, we see it in movies, we see it in TV shows. Fortunately, we're getting a lot more stronger female leads, which I'm loving, but women are definitely socialized to be pleasing, to keep safety, to be chosen. And if you look at the history of oppression, again, this is important to me, and ancestrally, there was a time where women had to be chosen in order to have basic needs. We couldn't own property, we couldn't vote, we couldn't even have birth control unless we were married. Women were going in lying about that they were married so that they could have birth control to protect themselves. Again, birth control is a whole nother subject to unpack for women. Like, why don't men have birth control? Men can impregnate someone every day. I can only carry a baby once for nine months, but that's fine. (laughs) Is that where it is? But the point is that women have really been taught from the history of oppression, from media, um, from the way that men have spoken about women to be chill, pleasing, go with the flow is the most attractive to them. Mainly because you're accommodating men who don't want to meet needs or show up in a relationship. So if I'm really chill, then he won't have to do as much and I can just be in his life and be chosen and I'll make it easy for him. The thing we want to flip on its head is that the man who wants a woman who is chill, easy, never has needs, people pleases, like she's available only when you're available and she never needs anything outside of that and doesn't really have a lot of her own opinions. Um, A man who wants that is going to be a man who wants control and a man who wants to be able to manipulate you. This is different than being a pleasant person in warm energy, right? I can be warm and playful and kind and loving. My partner knows where my foot goes down on certain issues. (laughs) Like you can clearly tell where I stand politically, right? (laughs) I'm happy to speak up about it and be in that empowered feminine. I'm not going to fawn about that to make sure someone likes me, but there was a time when I would have, and it landed me in a place where I talked about earlier in the show. 
So as you graduate into your empowered feminine, you learn that your softness and these like raw, tender, warm, playful parts of your feminine, those parts come out when you feel safe, seen, and heard with people, but they also come out when you feel safe, seen, and heard with yourself and you have this confidence in who you are. So you're going to show up that way regardless if Aunt Susie is there and she's saying all these things that are really offensive, you're going to stand in your power in that situation. You don't need your, you know, the masculine to be there. You have your own inner empowered masculine supporting you. That's not going to scare off empowered masculine men. Empowered masculine men want to see you in your full expression. I can't tell you how many times I've tried a different thing. I've tried a different style. I've gone to dance lessons. I'm working with a new mentor. I want to do a XYZ, I mean, in the time I've met my partner. And every time he's like, wow, I love seeing all these sides of you. I love seeing how you keep evolving. I can't wait to see. Because Empowered Masculine wants to see all of these parts of who you are. They're never going to want to hold you back in that. So you don't need to worry about intimidating or scaring off really healthy Empowered Masculine men. Unless you're coming from a wounded masculine guarded place, the hyper-independent place, then yeah, men are going to feel like, oh, she's never going to let me into the depth of her heart. That's, that's not really fun for them either. Just like it's not fun for you to date a man who's not going to let you into the depth of his heart. Yeah, yeah, so true. And I love that you mentioned needs because when, when we talk about our needs and you mentioned uh, in one of your stories how, what, like, when did we discover that our needs didn't matter? And, like, do we even respect our own needs? Like, how can we get to a point where we, where we can recognize that we need to respect our own needs and that we're not a burden. Mm, I think through felt experience, you learn that when you don't respect your own needs, people don't either. Oh, girl. Yes. yes. So it's kind of the only option when you're tired of your needs not mattering or people making yes. you feel like a burden. As you alchemize that energy and start to normalize your needs, you will attract in people who yeah. look at your needs and go, oh, that's it because it's normal to you and that's the work is like stop judging yourself for that i am somebody after that abusive relationship in the beginning i needed a lot of reassurance that it was okay to speak up that this person was interested that they liked me and i had to communicate that really early on with my partner even though he didn't get it and it was hard for him at times to understand the hypervigilance eventually it started coming, but we had to learn each other's systems and what each other needed. And I don't think I would have gotten there if I kept judging myself for it. Finally just decided like, you know what? I know I'm a high value partner and this is a part of me. And I love this part too. I'm not gonna shun this part. I'm not gonna wish away this hypervigilance. I'm gonna just be with it and love on it. And what I would need from you as a partner to support that is X, Y, Z. What do you need from me? How's your system doing? How can I support you in that? Oh, that's beautiful and poetic, and I love Mm. every ounce of that. Thank you. And I find it fascinating that you talk about how people will rise up to the standard you hold them to and will respect your boundaries and needs. This is such an interesting concept. Like, what was your own personal experience with this process? Totally energetic standards. It's a key to attracting and empowered partners who are aligned for you you have to be clear on and you'll get clear through contrast and experience right because that's the point of dating what you're available for and as you start to bump up against things that don't meet your energetic standards you don't feel good about and you trust yourself and normalize that you can vocalize that need empowered masculine partners pretty much know if they can provide what you're looking for or they can't and i've had many conversations you know 
as I moved out of the wounded paradigm and started to only attract really healthy men, again, a lot of men that weren't my person, but they were really healthy, good men um, until I met my current partner. But there were times where I would speak up about a need and they would say like, I just can't see myself. For instance, I dated someone who was really great, but knew he never wanted to be married again. And if I was honest with myself, I knew I wanted to be married. Yeah. And so speaking up about them, that and him being able to say, get where you're coming from. I don't see that for myself. What do you think? Where do we go from here? And I was like, I think I have, I think, I think we need to move on because this isn't it, right? If it were aligned, it would be aligned. And it was hard because there were so many things about him that were amazing, but he wasn't my person. And it became more clear as I dated other standards, right? Like I wanted someone to be on the same page spiritually as me. And of course I only got there from dating someone who wasn't on the same page. And I realized I wanna be seen in this. I don't mind having tolerance for other belief systems at all, but in my partnership, I wanna be able to explore this and expand together. And I realized that's a need for me. So I started releasing people who weren't aligned in that way until the universe, and because I stood behind it, normalized it, knew that I got to have the desire, yeah. as something I always say to my clients, it's like, if it's not this guy, somebody even more aligned is right around the corner, so long as you get clear on, what's the thing that I want to be a little bit better, even more, you know? Because they're right there, it's just the universe is waiting for you to say, okay, I get to have this. Right. Okay, it's possible. Yeah. And as you do, they just get better. And I see it with my clients all the time. That's awesome. And I loved it when you said, he knew she meant this, and if it is not meant, it may cause her to walk. Yep. Oh my gosh, like, this is brilliant. Like, can we kind of elaborate on this very powerful, and honestly, to me, it's a very exciting statement, because it's like, you are giving women the tools to recognize, like, what you're just saying, that the next better person's around the corner. Yeah. And I just... I just loved when you said this. Like, I think I replayed it I uh, probably 20 times. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad it landed. Yeah, I mean, this is energetic standards and also empowered feminine energy. A lot of people hear feminine and they think like fawn, soft, submissive. No. <laughs> empowered feminine energy has boundaries. She speaks up. She uses her voice. She is fierce in those things. She's still pursuing her purpose, her life. Like, it's not the way that the patriarchy has taught you about feminine energy. The patriarchy wants you to be fawning, pleasing, chill, and they call it feminine and attractive. We've outgrown that. <laughs> that Hell doesn't yes, mean... thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's not empowered feminine energy because women are a lot bigger than that. You know, yeah. we, we are so uniquely divinely capable of so many things that the masculine is also not, um, which might be why the feminine's been oppressed for so long, but... <laughs> Anyways, when you, uh, the statement was, oh, it might cause her to walk. Yeah, when you normalize that need and you decide, I, get, I know I get to have this, I'm not judging myself, and you be with the fear of abandonment. Usually fear of abandonment is what stops women from releasing a really good but not great partner. And they think, well, it's not gonna get any better than this, and what if um, you know, this is as good as it gets for me? Instead of going the other direction and saying, I get to have what I desire and I know I get to have a deeply aligned partner. If this person isn't it, I'm going to be okay regardless. That's why it's important to work on your growth and your empowered feminine energy on your own outside of any partner. You don't need a partner. A partner is a beautiful addition and I love love. I've devoted my life to it, right? And I know I would be okay. Yeah. 
I know I would be okay. So as you start to normalize that fear of abandonment, um, work through it, do some healing work around that. It's a lot easier to bring your needs to somebody and kind of go through that fear before you set the boundary, but make sure you're okay with the result, with the outcome. You're not attached to it. That energetic shift is palpable. It clicks in your body and they feel it from you and they know, oh, this is somebody who's very serious about her boundaries. And I know if I can't meet this, she, she will walk. I can feel it from her energetically. So am I able to provide this? Can I try? Am I willing to try? Sometimes they will say no, and that is okay. Absolutely. It's just a mixed match of capacities, right? But most of the time, men who are really invested in you are going to put their energy, resources, time into growing in that way because you're not making a request that is ab like crazy or abnormal. You're probably right. saying, I want my feelings validated. I want to go on more dates. I want more consistent communication. I want to you know, work on this goal together. You're not saying, hey, text me 24-7. I always need to know where you are because I don't feel inherently safe. <laughs> right. That's wounded feminine. When you're in your empowered feminine and you make the request... It's very different. Yeah. And I love when you talk about like dating and you don't hear from your man. Just get busy. He'll show up. Like, just give him that space. I mean, it's creating that polarity, right? Yeah. But I always remind women, don't do it from this game playing place of like, oh, I'm going to lean back and I'm going to play hard to get. That's attraction-based psychology and it's fine, but you're going to attract wounded masculine partners or wounded feminine partners who are trying to earn your approval because right. they've got enmeshment issues with mom. Yeah. So you don't want that. <laughs> so instead, it's like wholeheartedly fall in love with your life. Do things that actually are fun. In the beginning, this is hard because you want him to text you back and he's not. And you're like at the gym going, when's he going to text back? <laughs> but eventually, as you start to trust this process, trust the universe brings you these amazing partners. It's coming no matter what. You can't mess it up. If that person doesn't text back, they don't text back. They've self-selected. If you're mostly yes. in your empowered feminine energy and the universe has taken them off your path, I don't see the issue. Right. It's like Darwinism for dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're such a gift. What do you, I think it's apparent, but I'm just curious, what do you love about what you do? So many things. I think my favorite things are when clients have aha moments on calls or like, I have this one client where I'll say things and she will get emotional. Like I can see it change in her face and she'll totally pause to let it in, which is so empowered feminine. Yeah. And she'll say things to me like, oh my, I've never thought about it that way before. Like, I feel like we really just healed something in a moment. And that's kind of how healing is, oh. is it's all this leading up. Right. And then you yeah. get it one day. Those moments are amazing. I mean, I love one of my clients recently got married after the work we did together. That was amazing. She had this beautiful proposal. That was cool. I have clients who I've helped leave their jobs and run six figure businesses as fitness coaches. That's really amazing too, to give someone those tools. So, you know, just seeing people evolve and also seeing people, um, trust themselves and stop turning in on themselves and making themselves the problem. And instead, they feel confident, radiant, self-assured, like clear. They get more peace of mind that, oh, I love it. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you've been talking about dancing quite a bit lately. Have you always been into dance or is this like a new endeavor for you? And how does it make you feel? Yeah, no, it's not, it's uh, not always been a thing at all. <laughs> 
No, a hundred percent. No. In fact, it was such an insecurity for me. That's why I got into dance. Oh, wow. Yeah. I started about, well, my, my partner has been a huge influence because his upbringing was very, and he's a great dancer. And I was like, oh my God, this is so sexy. And I know I can dance like that, but I don't like something would happen where I would start to move my body and I would kind of feel inhibited or freeze up. Whereas if I'm home dancing, I know I look amazing. There was no problem with that. Right. But when people were witnessing me, I was really struggling. Even at weddings, I was really struggling. It's still something I have to move through, honestly, to get comfortable with. And obviously, you know by now, my partner's incredibly encouraging and like just wants to see me. He's not going to criticize me for it. Right. But I had this idea of how I wanted to show up all the time. Anyway, so I started working with a dance teacher here in Nashville with heels classes primarily and then we just started doing hip-hop and it's really opened up a new set of my sensuality what was interesting is like in the bedroom I've never felt like I had to hold back I've always felt this goddess energy I've always felt like so confident to move and be in my skin out of my head but with dancing you would think then it would come naturally but it did not at all so she's really helped me feel comfortable performing to be seen awesome. and heal that being seen wound from my body versus, you know, from my voice. Um, I love it so much. That's it's so beautiful. Fun. Yes. And as someone, I have a dance background, I've been dancing forever. I can yeah. promise you when you're on the dance floor, no one's watching, no one's caring. <laughs> and if they're on the, if they're a wallflower, they're hung up in their own thoughts. So like free yourself. <laughs> if you're like, oh, they're watching me. No, they're not. They are so self-conscious of like, am I moving okay? Like, is anyone watching me? No, no one's watching you. Dance, be free, swing your hips. Mm -hmm. do the shimmy do all the things because yeah i love it yes free yourself on the dance floor i want to mm -hmm. <laughs> i love it between your businesses or being the business relationship coaching the two podcasts being active on social media you have a relationship how girl how do you manage your time <laughs> i will be lying if i told you it wasn't overwhelming at times but i have a big respect for my bandwidth you know, people say like, oh, I don't have the time or I'm too tired. I don't have the energy for me. It's always, do I have the bandwidth? Because I, I usually have the time and I probably have the energy if I want to squeak it out in my wounded masculine energy, you know, but do I have the bandwidth? Like, you know, where you just reach that point where you can't put another thing on your plate. Mm -hmm. It's too much. And so respecting that because I don't want my integrity to fall with my clients or in my relationship or with my friendships or my health, which are yeah. all really, really important things to me. So I will often check in. I need a lot of downtime, a lot of resting. <laughs> in general, as a person, I really don't work past five o'clock unless I'm super inspired to, but I'm, I'm gonna putter, I'll watch Netflix, I'll do house projects. I, my mom and I just revamped this whole room, like other things nice. to film me, dance, working out. You know, it's always, it's not, um, let me fill up my cup so I can pour out to others. Cause I think that has a really sneaky, low self-worth belief. It's let me fill up my cup because I deserve to have a full cup period. Ooh, yes. And then, yeah, of course I'm going to want to pour it out to other people, but I never let myself get to, um, most people approach work in life. Like, okay, I have a full cup. And then when I get to the bottom, I'll take time for myself and refill right. for me. It is, I have a full cup. And do I need to fill it just a little bit more so that I'm overflowing and can give to other people? Because the moment I'm not overflowing, I need to feed back into myself because I'm not willing to resent my work or my partner. So I need to, you know, be accountable for that. That's brilliant. 
Thank That's you. That's fantastic. I hope when people hear that, they start applying that to their own lives. It, cha it changes a lot when you think about instead of getting to zero, I need to be at 90 or 100. And when I go below 90, that's my check-in with myself. Yeah. Meditate, go for a walk, whatever it might be. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about your, co your courses in coaching. Like, can you yeah. share with us the services that you offer? Totally. So, obviously, one-to-one -one mentorship, which is a really immersive, high-level, you have the closest access to me possible to work through this stuff, and it does create these transformations. I mean, that's where... My client who just got, excuse me, who just got married, uh, we worked together for four or five months privately where they have calls with me every other week. I'm in WhatsApp with them Monday through Friday, unlimited voice and text messages. Wow. Up. <laughs> and then they have access to all my course catalogs. So they're going through Soft and Secure, the Feminine Energy Program, the Pleasure Program, which is from my training in Sex, Love, and Intimacy School, how to explore your erotic edges and recreate that safety in the body. They're going through Inside Out, which is teaching you about masculine, feminine dynamics and relationship. They're all meaty programs, so it takes them the months to get through. Um, and I do the one-to-one -one mentorship for feminine energy relationship type work, dating, and then also for business. I have clients come in for one-to-one. -one. Same thing, but they get access to my business courses and the feminine energy ones too. I mean, really everybody gets access to it all, but they're usually less interested in the opposite one based on what they come for. Sure. Um, but they come into Money Honey to heal your relationship with money. They come into Sales from Soul to learn how to market from a soul-led place. They come into the Activate Entrepreneur to learn about their mission, their brand, creating offers, those things. And then we work it through at our one-to-one -one work. So that's the highest level. Otherwise, you can buy any of those individual programs on self-study. They're all on my website. You don't need to message me. You can just go buy them if you want to. If you want to go through Soft and Secure and really heal into your empowered feminine energy and learn how to pull yourself out of wounded feminine, out of wounded masculine, dating with more empowerment and discernment, um, that's a great place to be. There's also a mini program. It's $47, teeny tiny. It's one class on discerning uh, wounded versus empowered masculine and feminine energy. So you learn the basics of all these things we've talked about and you have it for life. It's about an hour and a half long, plus all the archetypes. You learn about the nice guy, the narcissist, the armored woman, the king, the queen, some archetypes that are really foundational. So that's a good place to start. But if anyone's curious and you're wondering what's gonna work for me and what, should I come into a course or one-to-one, -one, just shoot me a message or there's an application on my website. If you want that transformation, just fill it out and we'll chat from there. That's awesome. And what is a website, social media, like gives all the deets? Yeah, so buildingbree.com is the website. Um, and there's a contact form. You can fill out an application on in my Instagram. I've started over. Went, went, because I was pl doing pleasure education on my old Instagram, which used to be Building Brie. And then Instagram, they changed their community guidelines, which keep you from pleasure oh education gosh. or talking about sexuality. So they took down the account, what? which sucks. I know. There were like 10,000 people on there that I had connected oh, with. Man. But I've started a new one. It's at Building Brie Coaching. And I'm on my stories almost every day. My TikTok is at Building Brie. And then the podcast for the Love of Men podcast with my dear friend, Courtney Shan. She's brilliant. You will learn so much from her as well. That's a great place. And Manifestation Queen Radio. I don't add to it anymore, mainly because I'm about to revamp it Ooh. into a new title, new all the things when my bandwidth opens up. Um, <laughs> so those are all the places to find me. Everything's on my website. 
Excellent. And we will get all that in the show notes. I know you're crazy busy and you have been incredibly generous with your time. I have so much mad respect for you and I appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and honest and willing to be that person to help empower women because we need more of that in our lives to help women recognize that their needs deserve to be met and men to be recognized that you know i have i have a woman in my corner and she's fighting for me (laughs) like yes all the things you're doing are so good and i'm so grateful for everything you do and i really appreciate you being here thank you so much thank you for having me and giving me a space and a platform i really appreciate it absolutely anytime i would love to have you back (laughs) thank you (laughs) That's it with Brie. How empowering is it knowing she is out there offering the tools and resources to work with her to gain knowledge and experience to improve and enhance our lives? I think the two most important things in life would be relationships and our businesses. She ties them together and brings a vast amount of information to the table to her clients. If you want to work with her or follow her on the socials, please go to the links in the show notes and please make sure to check out her podcast with Courtney Shand for the love of men. Next week, we talk with Dre, a woman who is breaking barriers when it comes to dance and strength training. Because for me, and that's a whole other thing, it's just like having a a really adversarial relationship with my body for my whole life, which I think a lot of dancers have, regardless of what size they are. Um... You know, when I learned how strong I was, it was like, oh, I've got like a positive feedback loop with my body. So instead of hating it all the time, I feel proud of myself. Like, look, last week I lifted 225. This week I lifted 245. And it's not not over a week, but you know what I'm saying? Like to see that progression, Mm -hmm. it felt so good. And I knew that that was possible for other people. Thank you so much for listening to Journey to the Rise. I do hope you'll give us a follow on your podcast app so you have the latest episode downloaded. We would love to have you join us over on Instagram. You can find our account at Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode was researched, produced, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. Music was written and produced by Girl Boss Productions. And please remember to be kind to yourself. When you're kind to you, it is easier to be kind to others. And as my friend Nina Covington says, you cannot hate yourself into a version you love. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise.